Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Because over the three years, 
Some people are no longer in existence. And as always, sometimes your loans get sold. So make sure you have the same servicer or check which servicer you do have. And make sure you speak to someone, all right, to confirm your plan. So Vivian had quite a bit of information for us regarding that. Well, the asylum seekers are going to be allowed to sleep in the church house, as Pastor Charlene calls it. Yeah, they will be opening for two years uh, houses of worship to single adult men. And I don't even know if I want to tell people about this one. But they are opening up the doors to asylum seekers and people who have space to uh, rent to them. Yeah. Yeah, they about to put some money in the New Yorkers' pockets as they will be opening up some millions of dollars. Oh, they've decided that they want to uh, help out the New Yorkers now. They're going to pay you if you have any spare rooms or, you know, space in your home to house any of the asylum seekers, they are going to now pay you. Okay? All righty. Well, I don't know because I'm going to be honest. I, I, I don't know if New Yorkers can be trusted because, again, you know, if you're like a single couple who can use the money or, you know, something like that, or, you know, maybe a, a couple with an adult child, you know, who has a single room, maybe one of your other kids moved out and you got some, like a guest room or something like that, and you can use the money, you know, that's one thing. But for those who will not think and open up their doors to these asylum seekers who have children in their homes, or let me say this to you all, if you've got a short temper, if you generally don't live with your own family well, please don't try this plan. I mean, come on, come on. Pastor Steph has got to be honest. If you don't get along well with others, please don't try this at home. If you got to have your name on the orange juice box, please don't try this at home. If you don't like people just going in and opening up your refrigerator, Please don't try this at home. If you're not prepared to buy an additional stove or refrigerator and market asylum seekers only, please don't try this plan. Because I can guarantee you that Rikers Island will be filled with no problem. Because. It's going to be a whole lot of folk in jail. Either the asylum seekers, because they haven't vetted these people to find out if they're even safe to live around, or two, the New Yorkers who's going to think about the money only and not remember that they don't have the patience to be hospitable with other people in their house or two other people in their house. All right? 
going to be honest. I think they could have come up with a better plan. You know, get here's what they needed to do. They needed to start vetting the people who have the homes here. Yeah, I know. I, listen, I know it's an emergency, but here's my plan. Here's my plan. Vet those who are in the shelters now. You have social security numbers. You have some type of history on these people. Some history. Some history. Whether you got credit reports or something. You've got some history on these people. And vet them and offer New Yorkers money to house those people first. And then put the strangers in the shelter system. Yeah. I think you need to make sh- to make sure that these people here are taken care of first. You're paying for them to be home housed first. I think it's a little safer because at least you have some information on these people. These people also have children and things like that. You know, start that plan and work them into permanent houses and then move the asylum seekers up, you know, when you you know, move them out of the shelter system now into a foster home, if you will, and then put them into their permanent housing. I just I, I, I just don't think it's going to be where, if this ain't going to go well, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't think this, gonna, this, this ain't going to be a good plan. Uh, I think it's going to be more problems than they are anticipating. And, you know, it, it's come out that, you know, uh, what's his name? Adams said that he would be willing to house people in Gracie Mansion, you know, if they allow him. They ain't allowing them asylum seekers on no Gracie Mansion premises. Not on them grounds. They not. And not only that, it ain't like you would be living with them and the people in the next room. No way. So stop. Stop. There's probably a whole wing that you can go into, even if it's got, like, Two rooms in it for you and your family, and then you leave all the big space to the other people, the asylum seekers. But it's not going to be like if I open up my home and I have two bedrooms and I have a guest room because all my kids have moved out, or my single child is in college, and you, you know, now are across the hall from me. That is not going to be the same arrangement. I'm not impressed. I don't know about y'all. I'm not impressed. So that's some of the stuff we talked about yesterday. And uh, Wild Wednesday was popping, as always. All right. Well, today is Therapeutic Thursday. Today we talk about our health, whether it's our physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, uh, financial health, something. We talk about it here on this due time with Pastor Steph. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to go get your healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph. It's on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Patients who are undergoing cataract surgery have different needs and different expectations and um, different levels of desire to be independent from eyeglasses. And we have different options for these patients. Um, The 
premium distance package would include um, fine-tuning the lens power during surgery using wavefront aberometry. Um, it may include uh, limbal relaxing incisions done by laser to treat astigmatism. It might include uh, special lenses that correct astigmatism. millimeters long 
They infest in the head and neck and attach their eggs to the base of the hair shaft. They move around by crawling. They cannot hop or fly. They say head lice infestation is spread mostly by close person-to-person contact. Dogs, cats, and other pets do not play a role in the transmission of human lice. And uh, they say that there is a lot of information that they have found out over the years that they did not have years ago. So... They say that head lice feed on the blood of their host and will die within a day or two without a blood meal. Wow. Lice move around, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's what they do as they're moving around. The CDC points out that head lice is spread by, again, that close person-to-person contact. They say when a kid has lice in their hair and they get their head close to another kid, that's when, mm, you know, it spreads. They said it cannot jump, um, you know, like other people have said over the years. They say there are certain signs of lice that you should look out for. They say... Tickling feeling of something moving in your hair. Itching caused by an allergic reaction to the bite of the head louse. Irritability and difficulty sleeping. They say because head lice are most active in the dark. They say sores on the head that are caused by scratching. They say you can also spot head lice in their nits. <clears throat> they say the nits look like tiny grains of rice that are attached to strands of hair near the base of the scalp. Okay? So that's what you're looking for. They say that they can easily be mistaken for dandruff scabs, or hairspray droplets. Live lice are about the size of a sesame seed, have six legs, and are tan to grayish white. Okay? They said there are, few, there are a few different options when it comes to treating the head lice. They say topical treatments such as shampoos and lotions um, that contain um, certain components are usually considered the first line of treatment. They say there are some non-medicinal ways, for those of you who want to know that, that life can be treated. They say that, excuse me, they are not approved or endorsed by any particular organization and they're saying essential oils like 
tree, tea tree oil, geranium oil, and lavender oil. Okay, you can get that from like Amazon. I used to buy that stuff all the time, and those things you can definitely get from Amazon. Vaseline. So I guess those who uh, never gave up the Vaseline in their head, they they can continue to do that. Mayonnaise, also known as mayonnaise. Mayonnaise can be used to get rid of lice. They say melted butter or margarine. Now, I got to ask y'all, this little side note, got a couple minutes. Who in the world had head lice or saw the lice in somebody's head and decided to go in the refrigerator and melt some butter <laughs> you know sometimes I think of these natural remedies and these are the kind of questions that come up in my head I'm going to go in my refrigerator and I'm going to get some mayonnaise mayonnaise costs too much did y'all buy some mayonnaise recently Harmons costs $8 if I had to use it for my head lice, I guess I have to compare it to the medicinal ones, the medicine and the shampoos, because I'm going to be honest. If they have been approved, they're probably cheaper than the mayonnaise. Yeah, I, I can venture to say that one. But that's just a Stephanie thought. Olive oil. Now that's another expensive treatment to find out that it don't work. Because remember now, these things have not been approved. I'm not saying that they don't work, but a lot of times, a lot of the, you know, things that they tell you to do, they don't work. So you end up wasting your money. And I'm sorry, olive oil and mayonnaise, excuse me, butter is too expensive to be wasting. I'd rather go ahead and put my money into the to the shampoo and the lotions that have been approved and take my chances with that. I ain't wasting my money. Mm-mm. Alrighty. But those are some of the non-medicinal uh, options that you have. Essential oils like tree, tea tree oil, geranium oil, and lavender oil. They have a list such as Vaseline, mayonnaise, melted butter, or olive oil. They did not say how much of this stuff to use. That's another reason why I say, nah, let me keep my mayonnaise in the refrigerator for $10, and I'll, I'll, I'll use the shampoo. I'll use the shampoo. Okay, so they also say that those things can coat and suffocate the lice, but they're not considered as effective now, I'm going to spell this word for you because I do not know how to say it. So get your pens. P as in Paul, Y, R, T as in Tom, H, R, O, I, D, S. Pyrethroids. Pyrethroids. 
that that's the component in the shampoos and the lotions. Okay? That fight your head lice. Okay? And they're saying that although those essential oils, the Vaseline, the mayonnaise, the melted butter, and the olive oil can suffocate the lice, they are not as effective as the pyrethroids that are in the shampoos and lotions. See why I said? Go ahead and buy the shampoos and lotions. You'll save a lot of money trying to make it work with the $9 and $10 mayonnaise, melted butter, and olive oil. All right. They also say that you need to machine wash and dry items that the infested person used up to two days before the treatment. That includes hats, scarves, pillowcases, bedding, clothing, and towels. Okay? Again, hats, scarves, pillowcases, bedding, clothing, towels, and I'm going to say washcloths because if it, it kind of resides at the nape of your, you know, at the head, your neck, then aren't you washing your neck? So get the washcloths, throw them up in there. They say the items that can't be laundered can be dry cleaned or sealed in a plastic bag for two weeks. They say you need to vacuum your furniture and floors that may contain an infested person's hairs that could have nits attached to them. So you know you comb in your hair? Alrighty. So make sure you throw them clothes up in that washing machine as well that they have, you know. I would say go ahead and do a week because how do you know? You don't know how long those lights been existing, okay? So, you know, they say that getting rid of lights can be very tedious. They say a pyrethroid treatment needs to be used again in 9 or 10 days in order to be effective. They say you'll also need to use a special comb on the hair and actually try to pick the nits out that you spot. Okay? They say that's the key because otherwise the nits can hatch and cause issues all over again. Okay, so that's that's why I say it's very tedious. Alrighty? So, let me see. They say that the biggest thing is if you have close household contact, that they're making sure you're treating your household contacts and treating the home appropriately. Anything you can't wash or vacuum needs to be sealed in a plastic bag for two weeks. And you don't want to reinfect anyone. Alrighty? And they say anyone can get it. Preschool children, as well as adults, they say that it can take between 14 and 21 days to completely clear an infection. Most active lice and nits are removed in the first round of topical treatments. Though 20 to 30% can survive the initial treatment. This is why they tell you to go back and do it um, in 10 to 12 days. 
they say if your child happens to get lice, oh, watch yourself for the symptoms. If your child has been near you, lay on your pillow or use your hairbrush, they say make sure that you use the same treatment. Wash your bedding and clothing in hot water. And this is why everybody has their own comb and brush because you don't want to spread that around. All right. I remember, you know, that was a big thing back in the day. You know, if you had that hair lice, you wanted to definitely, you know, keep people away from you, you stay away from people. Yeah, I remember them having to close down, you know, the classrooms and things like that. You know, remember kids used to take the naps? Child, child. You know, (laughs) people think I'm funny when I say I just don't share combs, I don't share brushes. We don't share a lot of things around here, but, you know, you really got to make sure that you practice these hygiene habits, you know, and I know that sounds crazy, practice the habits, but, you know, make sure you put these things into effect because when you don't, can you imagine an entire home infested? Oh, my gosh, I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to think about it. You know, they're saying again that, you know, the whole point of me talking about this particular article is because they were saying that children, they don't have to close down the schools anymore or the class anymore. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Everything. Kids touch their hands. I'm sorry, their head. Now you're touching something else. They're always playing. They're in close proximity to one another. You know, and parents are just so, you know, carefree these days. So carefree these days. Because they got to go to work. Because they don't want to be bothered with the kids at home. They do this stuff. They do this stuff. They send the kids and they know, you know, they're treating the child. You know, but they don't tell the teachers, you know, or they keep the kids out for a couple of days. They don't tell the teacher. So now you have the child going back to the school, possibly being infected. Um, and you really want to make sure that you're responsible. You're a responsible, um, you know, uh, give me one second, please. Okay. Again, every once in a while, these allergies have to be addressed. So, but um, let's make sure we do the right thing. You know, being responsible is godly. Caring about other people, godly. You know, we, you know, we we have the scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. Would you like for someone someone to let you know that they have that issue? And how many times that, you know, we, um, 
we have issues and we don't share. Okay? So let's 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 do the godly thing. Let's do the godly thing and make it happen. Show that we love one another, show that we care. We don't only care when it's us, but we also care when it's other people. You know? So let's 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 do the right thing. And you know, it's so sad that you have to talk to people about this kind of stuff. Especially when it comes to their kids. You know, you're, you 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 know how many times people will send their kids to school sick? So you want to make sure you don't send your kids to school sick because you don't want somebody, you know, doing that to you and your family. All right? So let's make it happen. Wow. You know what today is? Today is Hair Etiquette Day. No, <laughs> no it's Trust Talk with Dirty Day. You know, God has blessed us to have this segment once a month. Our sister Gertie is, you know, she's dedicated to, to, you know, giving us and blessing us with her knowledge and her expertise. So let's say good morning to our sister Gertie. Good morning, Gertie. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you today? I'm okay. I sound like a frog. My allergies have been on a thousand, so please excuse that. But other than that, I'm well. All is well. Well, listen, I feel bad for you who really, really suffer with this allergy thing. I just started this year, and it has been kicking my butt. So I don't even want to know, you know, what it's like for the rest of you. I pray you feel better, and we thank you for just pushing through and joining us anyway, and, you know, I'll do this to you today, but, you know, for people who may not know who Gertie Gordon is, you know, and why you're on our show as a regular expert, why don't you just tell everybody who you are? Well, good morning, everybody. I am a... Female, woman, mom, sister, daughter, and wife. Um, so that's just the whole of who I am. Um, additionally, I'm a licensed cosmetologist, social worker, ordained minister, and use the three of those to show up in the world. <laughs> and so that's where we're here today, talking about Trust Talk. Um, I have a passion and ministry for healthy hair and scalp regardless of your hair type or texture or um, your ethnic background. And so whenever I have the opportunity, I love to share not only my experience, but um, the knowledge I've gained through the years. Um been a practitioner over 20 years. All right. So that's just so in a nutshell. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. For, again, showing up one more Thursday for us to bless our lives with your knowledge and information. And last month, we had a segment where um, someone asked a question and I wanted to give this some focus. So I kind of waited for this month and it was a um, 
a question about hair coloring and some experience mm-hmm. that she had during the pandemic when she colored her hair. So um, I understand that you worked on some hair coloring um, project, if you will. You could tell us about it. Right. Sure. Well, I've been a, um, a colorist for at least the past 12 years. Um, I'm, in, I'm a contracted colorist for one of the largest and oldest hair brand, hair color companies in the world, um, Wella Hair. Um, I've been an educator for them since 2011-12. And I, um, as an educator for them, I travel and go to different salons and teach um, color, cut, and styling. But um, the crux of it is understanding the science behind hair color. And so um, as of late, it's become more um, more prevalent in women of color or those with um, curly hair, curlier hair types, um, to be able to know how to speak to and address and understand how to break down color in a way where it doesn't break off the hair. Um, just as with relaxers, I say it's not the relaxers are the color that breaks the hair, it's the person, you know, behind you doing it or you doing it yourself that may not really know the best route to take with regards okay. to coloring. Okay. So, wow. Um, yeah. Wow. Wow. It's really, really an amazing science. I love it. I love having the, the tools and the resources to be able to create custom color. And so that's my that's my joy juice. I love creating custom color for guests. Wow, wow, wow. Now, do we start, um, Gertie, with the types of hair dyes or the hair colorings that people use? Is that is that the beginning? What, what is the beginning of this whole hair coloring, let's say, mm-hmm. session, if you will? Right. That's a great question. The, I would say the bedrock of where you start is to make sure that you are a candidate for color. Ooh. And then from there, from there we can determine what type of color we can use. And when it comes to type, meaning, All right. what, meaning what, um, what function, you know, because we have, we have um, instant color, we have permanent color, we have semi-permanent color, we have even demi-permanent color, we have rinses, you know, and so... Um, being able to have a great consultation to get to the crux of what it is that someone wants and then um, making sure you go to a professional that understands it and then they can give you the best their their best um, suggestion for how to achieve it if we can achieve it. You know, a lot of stylists are afraid to say, well, uh, no, you can't do it, you know, and so they kind of try to, you know, go at it blindly, hoping for the best. And we don't want to do that. <laughs> you want to be informed, and you want someone who is informed to proceed with the process. Wow, wow. I actually like that. I actually like the fact mm-hmm. that you start with who's a good candidate. So let's start there. So tell us who <laughs> is a good candidate or the best candidate. How do we, how do we say that? Well, you just want to make sure that your hair has um, is at a good place. Your hair and your scalp at a good place um, <clears throat> with regard to porosity, 
if you've had any other chemical treatments before, if you are on any medication, what is your lifestyle, all of those play into, um, you know, whether you'll be able to receive color. And then um, people don't often think about with what you want, do you have the ability or the resources to maintain said color? Mm. You know, so as long as you, you know, are you committed to maintaining it and caring for it? Are you, wow. um, how is your, what's going on with your hair? What is your hair story? Um, <clears throat> that all answers or feeds into, okay, you know what? Yes, you, you definitely are a candidate for color. And then the next step would be what type of color? All right. But all right. So let's go I'm back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Stephanie is mm-hmm. on meds. My hair is natural. I have not been um, using any other chemicals in my hair. I don't think it, I think maybe it's been like three years now. I don't. I haven't used any type of chemicals in my hair or anything like that. But what kind of meds should I tell you I'm taking? Since you know my hair itself hasn't mm-hmm. been treated or anything like that because I got another thing that mm-hmm. I want to definitely ask you about when it comes to this hair coloring right. and then we're going to eventually right. get to the question that was submitted in the event it hasn't already been answered so okay, okay. so what kind of meds should I be telling you about that I'm taking on a regular basis well that's a great question so not necessarily the type of meds you've been taking it's um how long you've been on said medication. Oh, know? okay. Okay. Right. So I'm on diabetes. I'm a diabetic. I'm t- I've been taking mm-hmm. my meds for, oh, goodness gracious, five, six years now. Okay. So at that point, um, it's fully, it's fully um, absorbed into your bloodstream and all. And so any changes you may have experienced, in your body when taking the meds has um, taken effect. So right now oh. it would be okay to see. Right. Wow, wow, yeah, wow. In the, in the wow. event that you have any change in dosage or frequency, you know, any changes to whatever medication you're taking, you, you should let your provider know. Wow. You know, I love you. I love you. You just, uh-huh. man, every time you come on here, you just smack us with something else. Because I have to, we don't make that connection. There is no way in the world I'm making a connection to the meds I take with what's going on in my head. Wow. Okay, so I have no change in doses, blah, 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 blah. Now, I have a bad issue with my head, my scalp. Itches really, really badly. When I tell you badly, girl, we're going to have to take a session on this one. Badly, badly, badly. Should I be concerned okay. if I want to color my hair? Well, we need to find out or try to at least um, um, narrow down what's the source of the itching. Right? Okay. And okay. So- because a lot of times what we, um, the sensation with our nerve endings to our head can sometimes, oftentimes read as itching. And sometimes it's not that. It's just our nerve endings are active. And that can be indicative of something else happening internally, right? Um, or if it's something topically, perhaps there's, um, um, there could be a fungus. It could be um, that you have um, 
um, inflammation going on in the scalp. There could be, you know, maybe something that you're using that you don't agree with. Um, we go through a lot, especially now, with people being more conscious, that understanding the difference between being allergic to something or having a sensitivity to something. You know, when you have a sensitivity, it can manifest in itching or um, tenderness or even discoloration, right? Um, as opposed to when you have an allergic reaction to something, it's really adverse, you know, whether it be swelling or blistering or, you know, pus, you know, just it's um it's really magnified. So if you have a sensitivity, it's your your um symptoms are more mild, but they can be chronic and they can be irritating, you know. But when you have an allergic reaction, it, it tends to be something that um it's really magnified with the swelling, with the um pus perhaps, you know, even um broken skin. And also the first thing would be to find out well what is the cause of the itch. Okay. I have a question. Someone sent in, what mm-hmm. if the itch is dermatitis? Exactly. So now I'll say if, if it's dermatitis or, um, you know, you have several different um, um, conditions, you know, psoriasis, eczema, um, eczema, atopic dermatitis, you know, just with that, you never want to do any type of um, um Irritant to that, especially if it's during flare-up. If it's under control and you're not having a breakout, then you should be okay. But even that, you want to use your mildest type of color. And that would be a deposit only. Um, you don't want to do something with any lift. You definitely don't want to do any lightning, you know, or, or bleach, as it's commonly called. So you, you want to make sure that you're not in a state of um, having flare-up and that it is under control. Okay, okay. Ooh, do you come with a wealth of information. Okay, so mm-hmm. I don't have any, okay, so I've found out the source of my itching, and let's use the dermatitis. Mm-hmm. If not, there's no flare-up or whatever. Now, mm-hmm. um, now are we talking about the types of coloring? Is that the next step? Well, the next step would be to find out um, what is your desire, what color are you looking to do. And okay. so depending on what you're looking to do, it will know which route we have to go. So say, for instance, you are, uh, you know, a dark brown. Your hair is naturally a dark brown, which we would say is a level two, right? Okay. And you show me a picture, you show me a picture of somebody with caramel hair or even honey blonde hair. So immediately we know that for you to go from that level two and you want to go to um, like a honey blonde, which would be like a level eight, seven, eight, you have to lift, you know, remove the melanin, remove the color to get it to that lighter color. That's um, that's more of an aggressive type of color that, you know, is um, going to be considered a double process. You know, and so that's going to be a lot on the hair. Say, for instance, you just want to, maybe you want to deepen. You want to go darker. You want to go from dark brown to jet black. You know, that can be done in a one step with um, just a deposit-only color where we're not removing or we're not affecting the actual um, makeup of the hair strands, and we're really just coating it with a darker color. So that's something that can be done. Um, and you can do it same day as any other chemical service. 
You can do it with a, um, a deep treatment under the dryer. You know, that's something that's really um, easier to do. And um, it's gentler on the hair. So if you're looking to deepen your color, go darker and or like impart shine, those are all services that, you know, I try to be able to offer to people who aren't necessarily candidates to get like highlights or to go very light with their hair. Okay, okay. So, so, so once someone, so the next step would be to determine what you want to do, where are we going? And then it's my responsibility to find the least aggressive route to take to achieve said color, right? Uh, one thing that I always stress is the importance of a consultation. And so even with that, it's um, I like to use visual references. I like to take what I know but speak to you in layman's terms. You know, there's, there's no point I get nothing from it, nor do you if I'm sitting there going over levels and pH and all of this stuff. Like, you just like, listen, I just want honey blonde hair, right? Right, so right. It's, 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 <laughs> right. I don't need to know all of that. You know, thank you. That's cute. But can you just do this? You know, and so right. it's important to understand that what you're showing me. And so I use visuals and I also use layman terms. I have to use actual references, you know. And so because when I say so if someone tells me they want their hair red, in my mind, I'm like, okay, red is we have fire engine red. We have brick red. We have wine red. Like what red? You know, where you're just like, I just want red. So it's always important in the consultation to have a visual. Because okay. words do matter, and our descriptions matter, right? Wow. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yes. Uh, I did you yes. want to ask you. <laughs> Oh, no, no, I'm listening. So, yeah, I'm listening. Okay. So once we determine where you want to go, it's my job to figure out what's the best way to hair, and that's the healthiest for the hair. And it's not and just it's where not you want to go, but how are, are you going to stop your hair? Your hair. You, know, you know, it's, you know, um, it's, um, it's taking it's all of that into consideration. Wait, 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 wait. Did we lose you? Oh, okay, okay. You're kind of going in and out. So I, and I don't, we don't want to miss mm-hmm. a thing you're saying. Are you moving around or something like that? No, no. Okay. I'm down, sitting in the same place. Okay. All right. This sounds okay. This sounds okay. I actually don't know where you left off, other than it's my responsibility to help you get there. I use visuals. I use layman terms. That's the last thing I heard. Right. Okay. So, did you hear when I gave the example of someone wanting to go lighter or not? Yes, I heard brick red, uh, engine red, I heard that part. <laughs> okay, so once we determine, once you, you know, you share what you, where you want to go, I make sure that we find the best route and the safest route to get there. And it's important okay. to consider not only the, it's important to consider not only the end result, but to know what it's going to take to maintain this. How are you styling your hair? What products are you going to use to be able to enhance the color and um, get color longevity and color perseverance? Okay, so wait. So let's let's go with I want I have brown hair 
and I want to go, I have a, a stage level two hair, brown, and I want to go fire engine red. Now, from what I'm understanding, you're saying that's an aggressive process. What would that process be? Well, fire fire engine red would not be aggressive because we, because our hair is dark, we tend to lift what's called warm and red. Is okay. So you, know, so you don't have to go too many levels up to reach, achieve red. Actually, red is like one of the easiest to do with our hair because we lift what's called warm. Okay, so what would be what would be, so what would be is, is like a heavy, like one drastic? What would be drastic? Right, if you're going from your level two, your dark brown, and you want to go blonde, um, golden blonde, honey blonde, platinum blonde. You okay. Know, platinum is like the top of the <laughs> aggressive, you know, um, scale if you were to do that. Okay. So okay. And so it's important to know that, you know, there's not there's not a one-size-fits-all. There's a few routes you can take to achieve that, and you're going to want to choose the least aggressive route. Okay, okay. So what would that be? It requires lifting. And so you got to make sure that the hair is able to withstand having the melanin, the dark brown melanin pigments removed to get it to that lighter state, and then we would, you know, deposit or tone. So that's the most aggressive. That's the one where not only is the process aggressive, um, it doesn't have to be damaging, but you have to um, really be intentional about caring for that hair post-service. So how are you doing that? You're constantly making sure that you keep it moisturized. When you, um, um, you have to be mindful, even going into something like chlorine, like pool water, beach water, that salt, the beach water, all of those can be harsh on the hair. Okay. So you want to be mindful or say, what is your lifestyle? How are you styling your hair? Going that light, can you do it? I just did um, my girlfriend a couple weeks ago for her birthday. She was a um, level three, four, and I lifted her. She has like a beautiful wheat, wheat blonde. Um, I can text it to you and forward it to you. I don't know if you want to forward it. I didn't post it yet. Um, but, you know, it's only been two weeks. She's gotten two treatments since to maintain that and keep it. So you can do it, but you have to know that it's an investment of time and money to maintain it. Okay, so I say, don't worry, Gertie, I got it. I'm going to make sure I invest. When you say you have to now do that first, um, that I think you said stripping or something like that, what does that entail? What's the first thing you have to do? Well, um, you have to remove the the pigment. You have to remove the dark pigment, and that's the process called lightening. You're lightening the hair. Um, common, well, commonly known as bleaching the hair. Okay. And you need to, to bleach. However, like I said, once again, understanding, you know, you want to might as well versed to understand that there's different options. You may not necessarily have to use the lightening powder to do it. We have um, oil lighteners. We have cream lighteners. And you're able to... to be able to, on some hair types, you can actually lighten using a permanent color. So that, um, it gets really technical, so just to keep it more um, um, basic, you can you can go lighter, um, especially if the hair is finer or if the hair, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of hair on the head, you can, you can safely lighten it. Okay. There are some okay. people, I'll let you know, 
I will let them know that, you know, based on your hair texture, based on your hair type, and based on your hair history, we can go, you, if you're like a dark chocolate and you want to go to, um, like a chestnut or milk chocolate, or if you want to go to like a, 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 a dark honey, we can do that safely. You can't do platinum, right? So I'll always have okay. to, um, be in the, in, uh, finding a, a positive resolve. So say someone wants to go platinum, but their hair can't take that, I'll give them an, an alternate. So we can't do platinum, but we can do a really fire um, golden blonde, you know, and they'll either take it or not, okay. you know, or say that we can do this, but for that those platinum pieces, we can do some, um, some clip-ins or we can do some extensions in of the really light pieces so that you can choose the color you want without compromising your hair. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't want to just say no. I always try to find an alternative um, to give. And unfortunately, there are some situations where it's just, no, we can't do that. (laughs) Let's go get a wig, you know? Okay, okay. But for the most part, I'll always have have some type of, we can't do that, but we can do this, you know, because you want to end it on a positive. Okay, okay. So we've done that first um, lightning as you say, then what's the next mm-hmm. step? You'll do the next step is what's called toning. So that's where you're going to get the tonality, tonality to the color. Um, if you want it to be cool, neutral, and natural, or if you want it to be more warm. And so what that would look like is, um, say for instance, somebody, let's just stay in line with the the, the blonde. If someone wants to be cool, that's where we'll tone it with, and it will have more of a um, like a silver effect, you know, that platinum effect. Okay. Uh, if I say natural, it'll it'll be more of that um, kind of like the um, a banana peel, and then if okay. they want to be more, if they want to be more warm. This is where you're going to get a lot of those that that golden, really golden blonde, you know, and all three can be beautiful. It's just what your preference is. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Now what's After next? You lift the next one. And then you um, you would proceed to style or do, you know, however you want to style it. I always, I'm big on chair education, so I'm always going to have a regimen for you to follow to maintain it, and I'll have a product recommendation um, if you don't have on how to be able to maintain it and keep it. Okay, and okay. I, with my recommendation is styling products and um, a timeline. Like we're going to pre-book to know that, okay, you get in this color, it's going to take, you know, eight to ten weeks for the hair to start growing out. Within six weeks you're going to need a touch-up. You know, I'll just, we'll go over the whole, your whole thing. And that's part of the consultation. So before we even do the color, you're walking into this informed, knowing wow. what the investment is going to be and time-wise. Wow, wow, wow. And I would venture to say a lot of people don't do this process, right? No, absolutely not. Most people, like I said, they just kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Now, you were talking about this, this, which is very, very, very important, and I, even I, who do, who does not do nothing with my hair, 
I can only imagine making the commitment to maintain this new coloring um, to the hair, this dyeing of the hair. What does that look like? In, in Can you give us a little detail into that so people who are considering, they can just kind of even from now say, nah, that's all right. Because, see, if you told Stephanie that I had to do, like, two, three things, no, nah, somebody come braid it. That's it. That, that ain't happening. Yeah. Well, it depends on what you're doing. So, like, um, say, for instance, you love your natural hair color, but, you know, um, you know, sometimes we, some of us can have, like, that really dusty brown, we call it mousy colored hair, which is really bad. So, something like that, you can um, enhance that with a beautiful glaze, with a beautiful glossing service where it's not going to be that dusty mouse, but it's going to look like a really nice, cool brown, you know, and so, um, or like a weedy colored brown with um, great shine, and that's your natural hair color. I have several guests where we're just enhancing the natural hair color that they already have, you know, and so that's not going to be a lot of maintenance. It's making sure you keep it moisturized, making sure you cover and you protect it at night. It's It gets tricky when... People, you know, they want to do all the things. You want to, you know, lift your natural hair color. Then you want to add some highlights and you want some balayage, you know, and so you want ombre. So that's where, think of it this way, the more um, that's required to achieve your color, the more that's going to be required to maintain said color. Okay, I like that. I like that. Okay. Okay. So, so you have to be real with yourself, real with your lifestyle, and real with what you're, you're willing to do. Don't tell me you're going to do all of this stuff. I don't live with you, you know. I'm going to do what right. I do, but it's up to you to make So don't, you know, you don't have to impress me. You know, you got to just be realistic with yourself on what you can do and what you're willing to do. And some people don't want to be bothered with their hair. So you know what, boo-boo, if you don't want to be bothered with your hair, I do not recommend the full, you know, highlights all over, ombre, all of that stuff. I don't recommend it. We might as well just go get the, the razor now and just give you a buzz cut because <laughs> it's not going to be in your And you know what, and I ask that question because, you know, it's like anything else, Gertie. It's anything else in life. You know, people love to jump into stuff, but then they don't think about, you know, all the things that you need to do to actually maintain this. And that's not just your hair. It's anything. And that's why, let me just ask this question, because even as a pastor, you know, it's like marriage. You know, people, everybody want to be married, but what you going to do Lord, is run to the altar, but it's another thing when you're going to maintain this, you know, for another 25 days. Forget about 25 years, but for another 25 right. days, another 25 weeks. So that's why I wanted to just ask that question because, like I said, I'm very, very simple. Don't tell me I got to do nothing. I just want tied up and that's it. But other people, you know, and I don't look to, to, to glamorize. You know, in other words, I don't look to have a whole bunch of stuff done in my hair, but there are some people who actually do that. And like you said, when you look around, it's like they don't do anything to follow it up. Um, I want to ask this question now because I know you said you want to have something, if we have not already done it, you wanted to have something to discuss regarding the coloring. There are two questions, the one from last time, and I don't. I think this mm-hmm. is a good time to ask this question, and then there's another question that's come in. So it says, during the pandemic, I tried a box color. It looked beautiful mm-hmm. once done, an extremely rich purple. With the progression Mm -hmm. of time, I began to see dark blue, 
then green, and even yellow. It was awful. Could this have been <laughs> prevented? Okay, in the, that's a loaded question. So in the, in the essence of time, of course it could have been prevented. Yes, it could have been prevented. Does that mean that the color was, um, was quote, unquote, bad? Maybe not. You know, there's all these factors that I don't know. You know, what color was the actual hair that you started on? The With, with color, we have to remember that color, it's um, different pigments of molecules of color that create color, right? And so what you're seeing, I'm assuming the color, when you started seeing the green, the blue, the yellow, what have you, that's because the color was fading out. And the color pigments are shown. Those are the underlying colors that molecules that were used to make that color. And so oh. when you have it fading out, you're just seeing the underlying pigment that was used to create the color. Does okay. That yes, so it does. That it does to me. It does to me. Yes, right. it does to me. So that interacting with your hair. It's just you're seeing it's coming. It's like coming to the surface because the color is fading out. So as it's fading out, the um, the colors that are more dominant or that that um, adhere the most are what you're seeing left behind because they're taking longer to rinse out. Okay. And um, that that brings up a good point is that all colors not created equal. So you'll find some color companies that have more superior color that it will minimize how that how it fades out. Like that's why you hear people say, and the color beautifully fades, as opposed to the colors like peace, I'm out, you know, come out when you're ready to come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's a perfect example of that, you know, all colors aren't created equal and it's um there's some some fundamental ingredients that are necessary for all color, but then there's the bells and whistles that um some companies choose to add to the color in the technology that allows it to fade um, with a little more grace. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, I don't know about the person who asked the question, but for me, that made okay. sense, what you were saying. Okay. Um, my question is, should, so based on where they started, because they could have started with a colorist, they could have started with another box, a different brand, um, should, should, when you're when you're switching, let's put it like that. When you're switching at all, should you really consult someone like yourself to kind of get that best? And it may cost, you know, it may cost a couple of extra dollars, but would it be best? Because in my head, the answer is yes. But would it be best to say, you know what? Don't go the route of using another box, especially maybe another brand. I'm not saying the person did, but especially another brand because, like you said, everything is not created equal. Should we sit down with mm -hmm. someone to say, listen, I want to go another route, even if it's the same color, but just another way yeah. of getting there, what would you suggest? Would that be, like, the best way to do this? Right. So there's um, certain things that I, it's a hard and fast, like I draw the line in the sand, um, and color is one of them. I believe that color, relaxing, any type of chemical service, even your smoothing services, I always say 
resort to a true expert to do that. You don't want to compromise your hair and stuff. Um, some people, you know, they don't agree with that. You know, there's a lot of people that I say they go to YouTube University or TikTok taught me. And with certain things, I do not, I don't um, promote that. I don't encourage that. The furthest, I would say, with color is doing um, a semi-permanent. If you're going to do that, you know, on your own at home, because it's low commitment, it does fade out over time, You, it minimizes your risk, right? Once you're getting into permanent color and um, lightening and bleaching stuff, leave that alone, in my opinion. That's what I liken it to people that want to go to do their own self-injections, or, you know, of whatever. I don't recommend that. I say you leave that to the professional and understand that, you know, that's something that you get what you pay for. You want to invest, you know, I've spent thousands of dollars in understanding the science of color and being able to say that I am a colorist. I've invested thousands because I love it. I recognize it. And, and I charge accordingly. And I don't bat an eye. I tell people, we can get it done. Even if it's like getting you to know how to regimen yourself to save up to lead towards it so that you can get it, get it done well, and we can maintain it. You know? Okay. But um, those are the things I don't, I don't compromise on that because I've seen so, much, so many disasters. I've made more money in color correction when I started out than actually doing color. <laughs> wow. You know? That makes and sense, so, though. That so, makes sense. Right? That makes right. sense. And that so makes a lot of sense. I say that, yeah, better you, um, you, you know, that, this is something where, you know, you do get what you pay for. And a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of licensed stylists, like I do classes all the time. I have a class coming up on Tuesday um, in Garden City, and I'm doing classes in white salons, black salons. I do more white salons, actually, with color. And just showing and understanding how to do color, how to break it down, how to not only apply it but maintain it, and to create color. It's it's oh, it's, it's okay. amazes me how we can create color. And so that's something I'm like, you know what? If this is not what you do, don't try this at home. Do not do this at home. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you for answering that. Um, I have another, okay. and then I'll I'll set you free to discuss what you want to discuss with us today. It says, can I color my locks with added hair, human Marley hair? Mm. You can, but that gets very tricky. And when you say, can I color, do you mean you yourself or go get it colored? Um, I already answered the question about whether you should do it That's right, do it yourself. The thing with color is that um, saturation is huge. So considering that you have the Molly hair and your hair, trying to get that color to properly saturate the strands can be a challenge. Is mm. it possible? No. Do I, um, do I recommend it? No. Um, but I've done locks, I've colored locks, and once again, while I understand the basics of color, the the application makes all the difference. Being able to make sure, especially if you're looking to do highlighted locks, locks getting that lightener in and then making sure you're properly rinsing it out and conditioning it and treating it. Mm. So, um, it's a tall It's not impossible, but it takes a lot. Okay. Ooh, I'm On glad I just hand, like If you're looking... Hair. 
on the other hand, if you're looking to like go deeper or darker or just maintain your color and do some type of like conditioning and glossing service, you can. But once again, you not only do you have to make sure it gets in, it properly processes, but you have to make sure you're properly rinsing it out, especially at the point of um, contact with the where the molly hair is meeting your natural hair. A lot of times people are not properly rinsing and the residue and uh, ends up leading to dry, brittle, broken hair. Wow. Okay. Woo. Like I said, I'm glad I'm just a one-note Charlie. It's just too much for my brain. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much for answering those questions, and I welcome you know, while while our sister Gertie is on, we're talking about hair coloring today. She's about to go into uh, a little deeper, um, this hair coloring, but you know how to reach me. You can always call 516-387-1358. Again, the number is 516-387-1358. And call and ask our sister Gertie directly. If you have any questions regarding hair coloring today, if you have another question regarding hair, um, send it to me, and we will. I will prepare it like I did this particular question. I would prepare it for next month, God spares. All right, all right. right. Fire away, Sister Grady. What you got for us regarding this hair coloring? <laughs> um, I sent you a link of an article I did for Vital Proteins. And um, it, I, as I was getting ready today, it, it, I was reminded, the Holy Spirit reminded me of it. And so I um, pulled it up, and um, um, a lot of the stuff that we discussed earlier, I, I did go over that. But then I just included a, um, a do's and don'ts and the, um, the risks and cons and the, the rewards and pros. So some of the risks and cons, we talked about it earlier, but applying too much or leaving the color on for too long can cause the end result to be way too dark. Not applying enough color can yield spotty, blotchy, and uneven results. Having little to no knowledge of color theory increases the chances of not having or not reaching your uh, desired results. And attempting to go lighter, as I said earlier, can really damage the hair. So you want to proceed with caution, and I will always recommend you seeking out a professional. And in seeking out a professional, do your research. You know, look them up. Read any reviews. Um, we can tell a lot by just speaking to someone, um, see if they have an option for a consultation. You know, not only are you um, you're going to have that to get a feel of what they know, but, you you know, we understand people's spirit. You, we understand some things are unspoken, but what you get. And follow that. Trust that. Trust your intuition in that. Um, so those are the, the risks and cons to be mindful of. But there are also rewards and pros to to do in color, um, especially if you're looking to do color um, at home or on your own. Um, number one, if you're doing it at home or on your own, you know, it can be cost effective. Um, and it, doing it in the comfort of your own home, you know, it saves you a trip to the salon and that time spent at the salon. Um, it can be a quick fix for your, if you're looking to do some white or gray hair coverage, um, especially around your hairline. And um, doing your color at home can be a good option to do like a color refresher in between um, salon color visits, and you can do it for um, shine and for to like revive your color. Say it starts to fade out. Um, and at home, I always say it's fairly easy to go darker. Just once again, be mindful of going lighter, and all that comes with that. 
um, some do's and don'ts. Do's. Do call, do use um, color for your retouch, um, especially if you're experiencing white and gray hair. Um, you can do use uh, the color at home for a subtle color change, either um, the same level where you are if you want to go dark, darker, like a one to two shade difference. Um, you can use it as a refresher or toner. I do recommend that, you know, you use a, a semi-permanent color or a rinse, um, especially when you're trying something for the first time or if you're not sure what you want to do, but you do want to do something, those are low commitment and they're gentler because they're not permanent and then they gradually fade out over time. So you, you lessen the risk of um, doing damage to your hair. Um, I do always recommend, you know, do understand that getting it done professionally, that you're going to make an investment. And so you want to, if, you know, be willing to and want to make that investment. Um, overall, doing that, you're going to save more money and save your hair by making that investment um, up front. Um, additionally, when you um, are in touch with a great colorist or great stylist, they're going to give you um, personalized um, chair education where they're going to teach you how to maintain, what to do, and equip you with products to use for your own maintenance in between visits. And lastly, I always say have a plan. Have a plan. Do your research. Discuss with experts. You know, this is where I think that, you know, it um, can help being able to have online access to online resources. Just be mindful of the sources and, you know, make sure that they're reputable. And ask questions. Ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. Um, I don't recommend you to attempt to do a color correction at home. Um, I don't recommend doing drastic shade or color changes at home, you know, alone. I don't recommend mixing different color types, like doing a semi-permanent with a demi-permanent or permanent. I don't recommend doing that because they're formulated to work differently. Um, don't expect your hair color to turn out the exact same color as what's depicted on the, the swab or on the box. Um, you know, and there's several reasons for that. And um, don't add additional ingredients into your color kit. You know, like for instance, don't, you know, you go get a dark and lovely honey blonde and you want to add some essential oils to it. Like, don't do that. <laughs> don't try to normally close them so them as is. And then um, don't try to alter the manufacturer's directions. You know, if it says don't use heat, don't use heat. Don't think you're doing the manufacturer or the color a, a favor by putting conditioner and putting a heating cap on. Like, don't do that. And so um, <laughs> I, I always say when you're not sure, ask, ask, and ask. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I have a question. I'm kind of glancing through, which I will post on my um, Facebook site. Would you mind? Would you like okay. me to? Yeah. That would be okay? The article? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I just yeah. wanted to make sure. Um, I saw something that said something about, like, damp hair or wet hair, something about some damp hair. I'm trying to find it. As you were talking, I was trying to listen and read at the same time so you could tell I'm not multitasking well. But mm -hmm. I'm I'm trying to – it was something about some damp hair, and I was like, oh, boy. 
um, I actually like your do's and don'ts. I actually like the fact that you said, you know, don't add to the manufacturer's instructions or, you know, the instructions on the box. You know, right. you're going to go put, you know, something on your hair and it doesn't say it on the box. You know, a lot of times we are listening to other people and what other people have done. And, you know, people have a, a, a knack for saying, girl, let me tell right. you what to do. You know, right, right. and, you know, I'm, you know, this this hair coloring thing, it seems to be a very temperamental uh, processing to your hair. This does not seem to be, you know, something that you can really just play around with, um, you know, because it just seems like you will be real disappointed um, if you make, you know, a misstep that's, that's large enough to turn, you know, your hair, you know, out into something that you really, especially if it's something you, where you going, you know, or you want to go to a reunion or something, whatever, and now you up here, you know, experimenting, <laughs> trying to get this stuff done. Oh, here it is. It says apply, a, do apply a no-lift deposit, only glaze to slightly damp hair. What would be the difference, you know, in the result if you did not apply it to a damp hair opposed to like a dry hair? It's just the way it works. And so there are some colors that you do apply to hair when it's dry and there's other colors that you apply to the hair when it's damp. So it's just how the the, um, technology works. So for you to get the best um, adherence would be for your gloss and your... um, your glazes and your glosses, it is to be on damp hair. That's just how the technology works. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right, right. Okay. It says do part properly. Why is that? Now, I can I can only imagine, but that's Stephanie's imagination. Mm-hmm. Why do you mm-hmm. encourage, oh, this may not be your section, but... Um, why is that? Let's put it that way. Why is it encouraged, right. you know, part properly? Why is that pushed? Right. Because, like I was saying earlier, saturation, oftentimes when people, the color is amiss, it's because it wasn't properly saturated. If you're just mm-hmm. kind of taking the hair and willy-nilly and trying to put it all over and then use your fingers to mush it through, you you increase the likelihood of getting spotty, blotchy, color results. So when you're parting properly, you're able to control your environment and you're able to really ensure that you're properly saturating each hair strand. Okay. And that's what I thought. I thought like anything else, like like painting, you know, if you put the brush, if you leave the brush pressed on the canvas a little too long, here it's going to look yeah. a different shade than if you just lightly brush. So that that's right. what I thought. That's, that's what I thought. But hmm Okay, but I wanted to make sure that the expert answered. I also see something here mm-hmm. which makes a whole lot of sense. It says, do take precautions to protect your skin. I like that right. one. Yeah, and the, the market has gotten much better because, you know, years ago we would just use petroleum jelly to base the entire scalp. Um, <laughs> and that, while it, it, while it helps with staining, it's um, a doozy to, to try to shampoo and rinse out. So now there's a lot of different primers and um, protections that you could put on the hair and scalp to not only protect and minimize any sensitivity, but also to um, eliminate 
um, statement. Okay, okay. More crazy than when, you know, if you're doing color at home, that's one thing, but a stylist that, a trained stylist, nothing drives you more crazy to see that you do color and then there's, like, you see the residue of color all over the hairline. That shouldn't be. Okay, okay, okay. Your skin. Okay, okay. And it makes sense. Not only that, you know, for those who have, you know, skin sensitivity, you're talking about chemicals. So, um, you know, you're you're dabbling in getting all that stuff on your skin and and things like that. So, I mean, you want to protect your skin to make sure that if you do have some sensitivity, you're not, you know, getting stuff all over the place. So that makes sense. Right. All right. I got a question that has nothing to do with hair coloring, but I need you to just confirm something for me. Because I just, you know, Mm -hmm. I I haven't been in the salon for a minute. But years ago, Mm -hmm. years ago, when you went to a salon, and they, you know what, Sister Gertie, listen, to me it's like a cheap thing. Because years ago... Mm You know, your expense was one thing, but now everything is so much cheaper. The little, what do you call those things that you put over us when you when you do our hair? The smock thing. The cape. The mm-hmm. cape. Thank you. Why mm-hmm. when you go to these people, and I won't mention the 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 the, the people, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. All they give mm-hmm. you is a light little hand towel. God, that thing make, used to make me so mad. No capes. Mm-hmm. No nothing. Is it what I'm thinking? It's just a cheap move. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Okay. Because years ago, when you went to the salon, when you sat down, they put the the little hand towel or the thing around your neck, and then they they put the cape on you. Now, girl, you got water going all down your back. Your whole <laughs> shirt is wet. God forbid, it's winter outside, you know, now you're going out with pneumonia, you're going to get pneumonia, and I'm like, is it just, case must be about a dime a dozen these days, where you go to Amazon, you go to, you know, Dollar Tree, you know, you get this stuff, I'm just joking about Dollar Tree, but I'm just being facetious, but it doesn't cost a lot of money for anything now. And it's like you're, you're charging, then charge me an extra $2 to use a cape. I'd rather do that than to have the water all over my, my blouse. I, I got to make sure I come with a jacket because my bra's going to be all wet. I just wanted to know I just wanted to know if you confirmed that for me. That's just, like I said, off the subject. <laughs> off the subject. This right. is annoying. No. Annoying. No, there's still, there's still some salons that do properly drape their guests. And it was just a matter of, you know, choosing to go there. And it, that shouldn't be, you should not be charged for to get properly draped. It's just like people who don't want to, they want to charge to shampoo their hair. Like, it, 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 it's unethical. Oh, wait, wait, I got a question. I got a question. Mm-hmm. When you go get your hair cut, this is off the subject. This is off the subject. I'm going to let you close. I'm going to let you close. But these are the things that, you know, people may want to know, but I'm asking because these are the things I want to know. When you go, should they ask you, did you wash your hair first, or should they automatically just wash your hair just to be on the safe side in case you lie? Uh, 
Wait, ask the question again. So when you go to the, uh, like, to get your hair cut, so uh-huh. they don't ask you if you wash your hair. Sometimes they do. But it, it should okay. some, it'd be something that they should just automatically do as a safety measure because they're using, you know, different clippers and stuff on your hair. They should just wash your hair just in case you lie or you didn't wash it properly. Well, it depends. If you're going to a hair salon, yeah. Um, but sometimes it's just certain, like for instance, some people I prefer to cut their hair before shampooing it. Like I, shampooing is not an option for me. It's just when I do it, I prefer to cut their hair before shampooing. Some people think I need to shampoo it before I cut it. So that depends. But on in barbershops, it's not the same. So in barbershops, um, some of them may offer that service, but others don't. Should they is, my, is also my question. Um, in my personal opinion, yes, but that's not the you know it's not unfortunately it's not um, it's not, not across the board, right? It's not across the board. Right. Just again, this we're, we're consulting you, and again, you know, right. certain things you go into the salon or the shop, you know, with your own personal you know expectations, and sometimes our expectations right. are, are not realistic. You know, sometimes, you know, we're just funny like that, you know, just asking because I've had other people, you know, in chatting, other people have talked about it as well. And I know it's always been a concern of mine, you know, to watch you spray stuff and things like that is not necessarily comfortable for me. And now, you know, I said, well, while I had you on, let me ask you, Uh despite the fact that we're not talking about that today, but, you know, just, you know, kind of off the beaten path here. Um, You have been fantastic as always. And how would you like to close today with, you know, in regards to this hair coloring? Right. Um, I'll close with, you know, it's... um, Definitely start off with a conversation. Um, do your research. You know, nothing, no question is a question. Do your research. But in doing your research, because there's a plethora of information out there, um, and there's a lot of disinformation out there. So in doing your research, make sure you're going to a reputable source. And um, look at reviews and ask questions. If nothing hurts, normally most consultations in the least 10 to 2 minutes are complimentary. Um, and so I think you deserve it. You know, you owe you owe to yourself to start there, and then make an informed um, decision on what it is that you want to do with your color. Um, like um, Pastor Steph said, I'm available. I love doing this. It's um, it's ministry to me, and making sure that you know enough of us are keeping the head on our keeping the hair on our head, right? They you know they are our crown and glory, and so. By all means, you can um, DM me on IG, Facebook, and email, um, and then just to get your questions answered. Okay, okay. Thank you. Why don't you tell them about your upcoming event? Oh, I'm so excited. It's this Sunday. It's Well Woman. It's a, um, it's a conference I would do. It used to be two, two days. Um, this is my first year doing it not having a salon anymore and so um, my husband actually encouraged me to do it so I, I'm doing it smaller this year smaller scale it's just one 
one day to luncheon um, for four hours this coming Sunday um, in New Hyde Park, New York. And um, it's beauty, wellness, and faith. And so it's, um, I have a panel of experts coming in, and we're going to go over everything from um, hair, skin care, to understanding how that poses in wellness for women. And it's all undergirded from, uh, um, from faith. You know, and so we got Bible all up and down in it. And just, um, the women will leave with actual hands-on and practical information on how to be able to care for their hair their, and their skin. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much <laughs> for, um, you know, Thank give you. them your contact information so they can reach out to you in case they want to attend sure. or... Um, I have to go back up almost that capacity. Last I checked, we had maybe 15 tickets left. Um, I haven't checked um, since Monday, so I'll, I'll check again. But by all means, um, the easiest way to reach me is email, and that's hello, H-E-L-L-O, and my name, hello at Dirty Renee Gordon. With one E, so it's G E R D I E R E N E G O R D O N dot com. Okay, so hello at Gertie Renee Gordon dot com. I'm gonna put that um, on the uh, on my Facebook page when I post your the article that you sent me, and if you have any other contact information. You can uh, text me, and I'll include it in the post on the, yeah. the and I also, page. I, I, sent the link. I sent you the link for um, Sunday's event as well. Oh, great, great, great. So I'll post both. I'll post both, and then that way if they choose to attend or however they want to reach out, they can. Um, uh, our sister Gertie, you know, yesterday I told everybody about the upcoming conference on July 29th, and God yes, spares, yes, yes. she will be a part of that symposium. So, you know, you're going to get Sunday's presentation is going to be all about, you know, wellness and hair care and beauty tips and things like that. So I'm sure you're going to be in for a treat. If this is only an indication when we get you once a month, you know, then Sunday, I'm sure. And you're saying experts. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're calling them as experts, I'm impressed. I am definitely impressed um, if you're saying that they're experts. Um, it, it, it's yeah. such I'm sure if you're calling them experts, I'm sure they are. So, you know, God is affording us an opportunity to get up close and personal about the things that we should care about. So, um, please, I'm going to post God's Spirit today so that you can jump on board if you want. It's this upcoming Sunday. And, you know, we pray for the greatest amount of success for you in getting out this information and getting the support you need. And um, thank you so much for always being a blessing to us once a month, and we look forward to having you on. Please, before you go, tell them again what your um, YouTube 
um, pages, your yes, channel. It's Tress Talk with Gertie. It's Tress Talk with Gertie. T R E S S W I T H. No, T R E S S T A L K. Tress Talk with Gertie. All righty. So you got it all. all right. You got it all. You got all the information. Yes. Thank you so very much. God spares. We um, and we're going to give a complimentary ticket to someone at your conference on Sunday. So oh, that'll be a little bonus Thank for you. you. Oh, please! That's the least oh, we can do. That's the Thank least we can you. do. And that way, you can bless somebody with um with a little gift. That's the least we can do. So awesome. we'll talk about it awesome. a little deeper so you can figure out how we're going to get that information over to them. But please okay. have a blessed day, and we thank you so much for being such a blessing to us. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Pastor Steph. You do, John. Till next time. You're welcome. You're welcome. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to <laughs> see. Wait, 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 wait. Hold huh? on, hold on, hold on. I got to see if I'm getting some hits. Okay, that has nothing to do with you. All right, thank you so much. Have a blessed one. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow, what a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Um, it's it, it, it always, you know, no matter what you ask, there's never a hesitant, you know, she's never hesitating. Uh, let me see. It's always, no matter what you ask, there's a level of confidence in in her answering. And, you know, my thing is, and, and I always say this, I look at all this expertise we have, what we give to the world as God's people, but we never give it back to God's people. I never get that. You know, I never, ever, ever get that. And this is just a wonderful indication of what God has, you know, in in his people, what he does with his people. You know, I was really impressed to hear that our very own is out here educating, you know, the other side of the fence, you know, and, you know, they're looking to us for what we do, what to, to us for our education, you know, for our know. I was so impressed to hear her say that, you know, and knowing that, you know, how many years she spent behind the chair and and her blessing people, and now God has, you know, there's a level up for her, you know, and or levels up, you know, for her in being able to just spread. That is such a blessing. And, again, you know, I, I hear so many, oh, you know, so-and-so knows this and so-and-so knows that. Oh, so-and-so would be good for that. So what? I can't ever get in touch with so-and-so. So what? You ask so-and-so a question, you can't even get, you You can't even get these people to return a phone call. And I just marvel at God. I, when I tell you it was a couple of years, I, you know, I was reaching out and, and she would hit me back and we just never, ever, ever connected. And this was well before it's due time with Pastor Steph, well before it's due time with Pastor Steph. But a, a testament to, you know, as to God's connection, his timing. And it, it she is such a doll, such a blessing. And, uh, you know, just looking forward to doing some great things with her um, connecting with God's people, the right people, people who care about people, and she's making her money. 
I mean, I don't care. She ain't rich. She's making what God has for her, but yet she's returning, you know, by giving. And that's why I said, you know, there's, there's whatever we can do to bless her. We have a commitment, and that's the only reason why I won't be there personally. But, you know, I pray for her continued success, and I am extremely blessed to be able to partner up and to be surrounded by such knowledgeable people of God. So thank you so much. Again, um, she's, you know, nice and about her business. But um, please hit her up, and I'm definitely going to post today all of the information that she gave. So it is a Thursday, and we have our Pray For Them. Let's say good morning to Shantice and see what she has to say. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you, Pastor Seth? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. That's good. What you got for us today? Okay, today on Pray For Them, we are praying for Damson Idris. Everyone knows him as Franklin Saint from the hit FX series Snowfall. I just completed their last and final season. I never watched it, but I kept hearing crazy, good crazy things about the series. I mean, because I kept hearing so much and I would see, like, bits and pieces of it, I never really sat and, like, just watched the series straight through or a season straight through. But I heard especially this last season was bananas. And he recently was sitting down at a Drama Actors Roundtable. I think it's called Hollywood Drama Actors Roundtable, along with Evan Peters. That's the man who played Jeffrey Dahmer in the Netflix series, in Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix series. Um, those two actors, and I believe maybe three or four other male actors, they were sitting down and they were talking about, you know, their experience with their roles and how it was and, you know, what they had to do. And Damson <laughs> came out and said that while shooting, well, I don't want to get into that part because I'm going to actually read his quote verbatim. But this last season, which again I heard was bananas, he looked to the enemy for inspiration to be Ooh. able to execute this role of Franklin Saint because he was hitting a quote-unquote block. And for oh. those who write, for those who act, you you mm. heard or you know personally about writer's block. Um, for those who are not in that field, I'm sure you've heard of it before, but he said it was really difficult. So I'm going to read the quote verbatim. The quote, in this last season, I was hitting the block. I was like, oh, I'm not doing it right. I went in the corner, and then I was looking at the wall, and I was like, come on, devil, come on, devil, come to me, come to me. I had to do something, like, crazy. I had nightmares for a month. I had nightmares every day. I just felt that energy, and I had to pray and do all this stuff to get rid of it. You know, you call your mom up, and you're like, bring me back to life. That stuff is real. That stuff is really is real. In this season, from what I'm I'm reading, from what, from what I read last night, in this season he was called the devil. Now, past stuff you're familiar with this series, I will, I'm not. But it looked like even from the 
the the cover photo for this last season looked very dark. Looked very dark. And of course, even if you didn't look at it, he went from being, you know, just a starter up in the drug game to really being, as I said, the the kingpin. So I really would love for us to lift him up in prayer because the people who are not of God, they keep thinking this stuff is a joke. And I could not imagine. I could not imagine. I don't care what it is that I've ever wanted to do, even before God, even before I gave my life. I cannot imagine doing anything and calling on him to help me execute anything, whether someone was calling me him or whether, um, you know, I was portraying something or someone that was dark. So, of course, you're going to call, you know, try to relate to something of someone in that area because if you're portraying a dark person, a wicked person, you're not going to call on God because God can't help you. Or you're not going to call on anything good, even if it's not God, but you're not going to call on anything good to not help you. Or you're not going to go because we know that a lot of these um, actors and actresses, they do character study. So a lot of times if they're portraying a, a crackhead, they'll go in there study crackheads. If they're portraying pastors, they'll go in there study a pastor. You know, that's how they're able to portray these characters so well because they study. You know, we just watched um, the the woman who played in this last Winnie Houston movie, and she even had Winnie Houston's body mannerisms down pat, which showed that she studied a lot of her videos and how she performed, so on and so forth. So that's how they're able a lot of times to really execute. But really lifting him up in prayer because with him sitting at this table and the, the what's his name, Evan Peters, the guy who played Jeffrey Dahmer, he didn't say anything like this, but he did say that, you know, there were a lot of dark moments for him as well. Well, you're playing, playing Jeffrey Dahmer, so I would assume so. But a lot of times they're, they're thinking that this is a joke, and I was really happy to hear that not only did they realize this for themselves, but they were willing to share it with others so that not only those of us who are in Christ, but especially those who are not in Christ, especially those in that film industry who think that it's okay to now summon the enemy in any way on any level just so they can execute it so now you are able to portray this role, but now look at everything else that came along with it. So praying for his sanity, praying that he understands he needs to stay not only far away from it, but heavily gravitate more to God because now that you let the enemy know that you're not afraid to call on him, that don't mean he ain't going to come back. And because you're not covered with the Holy Spirit, there's a whole lot that you have to be concerned with. So also praying for his peers that they take you know, sight of this and really take it in, praying for all up-and-coming actors and actresses who would like to take on any type of role that has anything to do with anything dark in any way on any level, that they will really take heed to this. And praying, pray, I'm sorry, praying for the film industry in, its, in itself. Last week we prayed for the music industry along with the entertainer. Also praying for all of the the writers and producers and directors as well that they take heed to this as well because when you're directing, you're now helping them to dive deeper into this. So just praying that they understand the severity of it and that he just really gravitates a lot more to that. Thank you, Shantish. I'm going to pray yeah. first and then I'll I'll chat. 
Heavenly Father God, we come before you and we say thank you. Thank you for just allowing us to see another day. Thank you for inviting us into who you are, what you are, what you stand for, and ultimately your world of peace. Oh, thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the presentation of uh, this individual, Damson. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we're grateful. We're grateful that he expressed his experience because these things stay so hidden and people don't talk about it. But for if there's one person who took that experience and decided not to try it, or for one person who heard it and decided that is not for them anymore, we thank you, God. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, Amen. for the openness, for the transparency. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for bringing him through and giving him the ability to even be able to talk about it at a sane level. Thank you, God, Amen. for all that you have done in this life, God. I say so often, we, we clamor to the TV, to the radio, to, to hear and to be entertained, but we don't lift these people before you, dear Heavenly Father. So thank you for, mm-hmm. for just touching on Shantice to even present this particular segment, God. And we're lifting him up, dear Heavenly Father, that we, and we pray that this will bring him just five steps closer to you, God, that that one experience mm-hmm. would help him to turn around completely and to seek you, that this prayer would reach his life, God, because we know that it's, it's carried through your son. It's carried through your spirit. So we don't have to be sitting in the room with him. We don't have to be sitting next door or even in the same state with him, God. But we know, God, that you have us lifting all of them up for a reason, dear Heavenly Father. It's time for us mm-hmm. to lift up your people. It's time for us to open up our mouths, dear Heavenly Father, and seek you for these lives, dear Heavenly mm-hmm. Father. If we know you, God, it is our responsibility to turn to you for the people that don't know you or don't know you as well, God. And even though we're not perfect, dear Heavenly Father, even though we make our mistakes and even though we choose to do things that are incorrect sometimes, dear Heavenly Father, we're still one step ahead of others, God. And this is the time we're using yes. to just deliver them to you, God. We place him and whoever else who was sitting at that table, God, whoever may have been a recipient of hearing or watching this interview or, or this conversation, dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless them and turn them all the way around, God, that they would want, want to have nothing else to do with the enemy, God, that they would understand that even tampering, just, just, just a little bit of dabble is enough to shake their world uncontrollably if they don't give themselves to you, God. So we pray that they that they would surrender to you, that they would understand that they mm-hmm. need a Savior, that they would understand that they need to call on you every day, every moment of the day, God, not just then, but going forward, dear Heavenly Father. And just at the release of those words, just the release of, of, of what they express, God, would just draw you closer to them, dear Heavenly Father. Draw them closer to you, God. Mm-hmm. 
thank you again for touching his life. For anyone else's life, he may have uh, uh, spoken to God. For anyone who helped him to, to, to face you and come to you just a little bit more, dear Heavenly Father, whether it was mother, father, sister, brother, mm-hmm. brother, friend, a pamphlet, a billboard, it don't matter, God. Whatever it is, God, that you got to send their way and use that to draw us closer to you, God, we just say thank you. Because we don't know what's going to get the job done. We don't know how what, what's going to be that last little thing that pushes us over so that we surrender and submit our all to you. And we thank you, God, for this opportunity. In the precious name of Jesus, God, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Shantice. Thank Amen. you so much. Uh, you know, I was an avid fan of Snowfall, which is the uh, show that Shantice is talking about that um, Damson was a star in. And yes, in this last season, he was um, he was told his his aunt Louie, who had be, he had become an enemy um, to because of this whole drug business. She looked at him and said, you are the devil. (laughs) And it's funny because his response was like an acknowledgement that, yeah, you know, yeah, I know who you, you know, what you're saying. And I want to tell you something. Shantice touched on something. As a, as a writer, you know, you do, you know, you do hit, you know, blocks and things like that. Um, And, you know, you have to dig deep. You have to sometimes take a break. Um, I've never acted, but I can tell you when you're directing actors, you know, as a director, um, it's a difficult job because you've got to migrate between everybody on that stage or on that set. You've got to literally become these people with them in a sense because you've got to be able to tell them They can't ask you as the writer or the director, you know, what do I do or where do I go? And you standing there saying, I don't know. You've got to be able to identify. And as the writer and director, you, which I've, you know, experienced, you are both, you know, you, you have to be able to say, okay, when I wrote this, what was I thinking of? When I wrote this, what was it? What don't I want? As a director, that's too much or that's that's not enough. And when you know, when they go into their own private moments and they they call out what they see these these characters as being and they act it out, you sometimes they present something to you like, Whoa it's like you got that, you know, out of it. They bring you so much life. It is so, it's an amazing experience, I got to tell you, to put something on paper and to actually watch it come to life. And when he said he was at a point where he wasn't bringing it to the degree that he thought he should or he may have even wanted, you know, you can appreciate that. But here's the problem, and and we spoke about, what's his name, Um, Michael K. Williams. We've spoken about other um, actors and and entertainers. 
their character study woo, is, is, is a dangerous place to be because I've heard actors say that sometimes you can go into a zone that you can't come back from very easily. And that was one of the things that Michael K. Williams spoke about. You know, his thing was, you know, he, he um, and that's the one who played Omar on The Wire and other particular um, uh, roles he played. But one of the things he said was he had to dig in places, and he had a drug abuse issue. And, and, and some of the roles he played, he had to use drugs. And you've got to be smart enough to know you're going to have to lose that role. Because you cannot very well perpetuate something that you supposedly just came out of. I don't care whether you've been out of it 25 years. You are now reenacting what you did. And that is a dangerous area. Any of us who have been delivered from anything. You know, I, I always say I didn't have a drug use or an alcohol problem. But I had an issue with walking away from people. Easily. It was nothing for me to walk away from. And God had to really deal with me. Well, if I'm going to be a pastor, I surely can't be walking away from people. And there are times when I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm done with you. I've had enough. You have gotten on my last nerve, and I'm out. I have to make sure I don't get there. That's my responsibility. And I have to seek the spirit of the Lord. I have to give way to the spirit of the Lord. I've got to seek God, stay on my knees. And I don't walk away from Mary or John when they get on my nerves. Because I'm delving into a zone. I have to make sure I don't get there. Because if I get there, it's very easy for me to walk off from you. Well, that's the same way these actors have to make sure that they don't touch it on areas and step into areas and into zones that they're not going to be able to come out of so easily. So we're going to really give God thanks that God allowed him to see that, yes, listen, this ain't something you want to do. Because when you invite the enemy, like Shanti said, when you invite the enemy into your space, where is that an invitation? Whoa, you don't want to do that. Because, see, let me explain something to you. We invite the enemy into our space, you know, indirectly, unassumingly, you know, unintentionally. So when we literally mouth the words that, you know, come on, devil, come on, we don't, we don't want to do that. Because, see, we don't realize who we're dealing with. We have no ability to to stop the devil in the ground if we don't have God as our source of strength. You cannot do that on your own. You cannot do that in and of yourself. You cannot fight that. So let's make sure we stay in and on the side and in the nucleus of the deity of God to make sure we don't have that experience. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to not to, not to, not to, not to, not to touch on things on the earth. It will only serve as a distraction. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, our sister Gertie for just blessing our lives today. Thank you all for listening to us and helping us do what we do, please do not miss this opportunity to call on God right now and make him the center of your life. Please do not miss this opportunity to just develop that stronger relationship with the Lord because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Freestyle Friday. 
Until then, I love you.